Welcome to A Journey of Transformation Empowerment. You're listening to Antonio T. Smith Jr. Where ideas ignite, change, and possibilities are endless. Before we dive into today's episode, we have something special for our listeners. Today's podcast is brought to you by a groundbreaking book that's reshaping the conversation around Black economic empowerment. It's Resegregation, Volume 1, The Power Matrix, a master plan for Black group economics with wealth creation, authored by visionary Antonio T. Smith, Jr., Antonio isn't just an author. He's a former top-secret combat special operations intelligence sergeant turned millionaire. His life work championed the economic autonomy and wealth creation within black communities. In this seminal work, dedicated to teachings of Dr. Claude Anderson, Antonio outlines a comprehensive blueprint covering critical sectors like finance, technology, manufacturing, and more. He blends military discipline with acute understanding of systematic disparity. This isn't just a book. It's a movement. A call to action to create lasting wealth and reshaping the economic narrative. Antonio's vision is clear. Drive a significant shift toward black ownership and control. Listeners, if you've ever wondered about innovative strategies for wealth creation or how technological transformation can uplift the black communities, then this book is for you. Join Antonio Smith Jr. on the transformative journey. Pick up your copy of The Resegregation Volume 1, The Power Matrix today and be a part of the reshaping future. Now, let's dive into the episode and explore the possibilities that await us. Well, folks, Antonio T. Smith Jr. is doing it again. He's done it again. Yes, he has giving away so much knowledge just to help you succeed, walk out of the middle class, become a multimillionaire. He is giving away his book just for you. The name of that book, The Richest Man in the Trash Can. You want to make sure you get this book. Here's why. If you are someone who is tired, frustrated, irritated, day-to-day schedule of waking up, going to work, going back home, going to sleep just to do it all over again, not being able to spend time with your family, you just got married, you just had kids, or you take care of your parents and you're not there to do it, this is the book for you. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen, this book is free 99. Yes, you heard me, free 99. Okay? (laughs) All you want for free. Yes, free 99. All you have to do is just pay shipping and handling. That's it. $9.95 just to get your free book. This book is a life 
changer i'm trying to tell you guys everything in this book is what antonio taught myself in grace that enabled us to retire yes we are retired and we haven't even hit our 40s yet Woo! i'm just saying i got a few months to go don't worry about it Shh, don't nobody need to know that girl <laughs> you don't look it that's it go get it Go get it and walk yourself out of the middle class into the life you deserve. Walk yourself into abundance. Abundance is freedom and this book is your journey out. You can plant better. You can dominate. Homework perspective, how to use what you know how to do in an extremely unique way. Put this in the chat for me. What you know how to do in an extremely unique way that gets you a lot of engagement. Law likes that. Okay. <clears throat> that makes you one of the best around. Everybody got that? And keeps people, keeps you. Don't be humble. Keeps people knocking at your door to speak. All those things. Is that in the chat? Are you doing it all at once? Now, just, you know, you, you do the best you can. I, I made that up as I went along. Okay? I made that up. How many of you can tell I was making it up off the top of my head? I was making it up off the top of my head, right? But it's facts, though. Figgity facts, facts, facts. So I'm about to do something that I haven't done in about eight years. And actually, I did it once in between for a few seconds. And so you're going to actually need that one. Okay. Yeah, you're going to need that one. I don't know. We'll figure it. Let's go with... Uh, is there another phone? All the phones being used. Let's see. Let's, well, it might, it should, it should pick me up. It should pick me up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It should pick me up. All right. Y'all's going to do something. Now, before we get there, it, I'm about to do something extremely dangerous, Cameron, because I'm about to do something I haven't done in, I didn't tell you exactly, I haven't done since 2012. So what is that? Seven years? We'll do something I haven't done since 2012. 2000, yeah, 2012. Easter, no, 2013, 2013 Easter, it's Easter 2013, and never do what I'm going to do, Vastine, okay? Then I literally stepped away, went inside my brain, and attempted to remember something that I haven't thought about in seven years. Don't ever do this, okay? But it's going to be good teaching purposes. So let's see, what am I talking about? How many of you are extremely unique in your speaking? I need to know that. Who? Extremely unique. I mean, Law Razor's hand, Cameron. Okay. Now, by extremely unique, I'm going to give, I, I believe you, but let me, Maurice Mason. Okay. By extremely unique, okay, I'm not saying you three are wrong. I'm just going to redefine and let you raise your hand back up again. I mean, there is not another person in the world that can even come behind you and do something similar when you're done. It doesn't exist. 
Now, how many of you are in that version of Extremely Unique? Okay, Cameron still raised his hand. Vaccine raised his hand? Nobody. Yeah, you need Vaccine raised his hand. Okay, you need Vaccine raised his hand. <laughs> Phil Sorrentino raised his hand. We're going to raise Law's hands and his dreads. Okay, we're going to do all that. And the more unique you are, yes, yeah, yes, honey, yes, okay, the more unique you are, <laughs> is the more things are profitable for you, okay? I, I can't stress this enough. Maya says hug emoji, okay? Maya says hug emoji. So she is also unique. Yes, and that is awesome and great. Now, law. Actually, let me use vaccine. Vaccine. Why would I stress uniqueness? <clears throat> I, it, it sets you apart from the pack. Um, it makes, if I can be used like a, in a sense of a metaphor. It's the difference between being a, a Rolls Royce and a Chevy Nova. You know, it's mm -hmm. uh, there's something about your personality. There's something about who you are as a person. You you just you're not better. You you just stand out in a crowd. There's something. It's, it's mysterious. It's I, I'm not one to to uh, applaud myself very much on anything. So it's sort of a, a tough question for me, but I, I would assume that when I've considered people that are unique, they're, they're, they're just, they're standalone. They, they're just something, if, if you could figure them out, they'd be like everybody else. So there's, it's beyond description in a sense. Me. Okay, I can agree with all that. I've got no problem with that. Cameron, why would I stress being unique. Now this time I'm gonna give you more than I gave Vaseline about being called over and over, being paid, et cetera, et cetera. What the uniqueness is what sets us apart. I'm sure that with media, social media, we all are inundated pretty much with the same message. By us being unique, bring something fresh to the table, or it allows that you know there's the saying to understand something. One needs to hear it seven different ways to understand it. So us being unique could be one of those seven different ways to bring a message across to an audience. I can dig that. I've got no problem with that. No problem with that at all. Both you and Vastine are absolutely great. Phil, now you are unique and you survived being unique and unique, unique, unique New York. No, I'm sorry. Tongue twister, my speech coach used to make me do that. I couldn't resist it. It was right there. It'd be like 30 years. It'd be 30 years before I ever get the chance to do that again. So I had to take the opportunity at that time. But Phil, you're unique. Tell me, Phil, through your experience, how being unique has helped you 
last or outlast others? Well, two things real quick. Number one, the Toledo Blade said listening to me is like listening to Robin Williams, Robert Schuller, and Warren Buffett all at the same time. That is, that is extremely unique. <laughs> all well-respected people. Those were great names. I think the, the most clever name in there, it's, now this is, this is my opinion. If Robin Williams stands out the most to me in there because he, well, all those were geniuses, but something about Robin Williams was something that makes you stutter and pause like I'm doing right now. And you can't just quite, <laughs> right, Robin Williams. <laughs> exactly. Good, good stuff, good stuff. Well, and, and number yeah. two, and number two is I am fanatical about finding out what the client wants his people to feel, think, be, do, have, and give that at the end, I end with no applause, having them focusing on what behaviors are they going to implement to get the client's results. I like it. I like it. Thank you very much, Phil. Vastine, unmute your mic. You've got five minutes. <laughs> All right, so I'm going, to, I'm going to borrow from tomorrow's class. You've got five minutes. Vastine, I need you to, in five minutes, what you're doing is you're buying me time to run over what I'm about to do in my head because I haven't in millions of years. You're buying me five minutes. You've got five minutes. I like the way he does that. And what I want you to do, Vastine, is show us how you uniquely attack a subject, any subject of any kind, something you've done before, something you have not. But buy me five minutes so I can come back and show everyone how to get to 100 engagements in a year. Fair enough? Sweet. Repeat that again. How? I want you to take five minutes and do something extremely unique to help me mm -hmm. show and, and show people uniqueness. I know we all know, but everyone has a unique style, and I know I could put you on the spot, and I know you are unique. So take five minutes, do something unique, and by the time I come back, I shall show everyone how I got to 100 engagements quickly. Okay. So, Mr. Vastine, the floor is yours. Oh, okay. All right. Do you need a second to think, Mr. Vastine? You know, we got you covered. Grace and I can go back and forth all day. That's it. Okay, so says uniqueness makes you marketable, followable, and desirable. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. His law is unique. Vestine is unique. 
I've had the opportunity of hearing both of their keynotes. They definitely do have a way of presenting themselves. Makes you in demand. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Because the audience wants something that keeps <clears throat> when you are market when you are unique, you're marketable, followable, desirable. You're in demand because people actually want to hear what you have to say. You keep their attention. So yeah, I I completely agree with both of you on that. Definitely agree. Oh right. And I've actually heard if you if you go listen to um, Phil Phil has some trainings that he has online, and when you go and you sit down and you listen to those, you actually hear the unique, his uniqueness in those trainings. So I do definitely recommend that one. Hello, Mr. John Callaway. Thank you for joining us this evening. Ms. Tiffany Williams, thank you for joining us as well. It's so awesome to see everyone this evening. So she may not believe this to be true, but I think Grace Sandals has a very unique <laughs> speaking. She is very unique in her speaking. Seeing that she is, she was a teacher for 11 years. She, to me, she really does. She breaks it down to your understanding. Like she, when she, she literally teaches adults just how she would teach her children. And to me, that's unique because we always speak to adults. Like every single person understands everything you're, everything you're saying at every single moment. Okay. Okay. So, Miss Susan, I see your mic is unmuted. And then after Miss Susan Law, the floor will be yours as well. I think um, part of being unique is being memorable. Um, they remember what you say they remember the quotes and it could be years later that they continue to remember and then they implement the ideas all right thank you very much for that definitely miss susan thank you very much and then uh, before law goes mr maurice said it keeps the attention of the listeners since eight minutes is all you have to keep a person's attention Yes. All right, and then Law, your hand is up. You have the floor. So it just popped in my head that it finally clicked. I mean, I feel like it clicked, but in the great words of RuPaul, you have to have uniqueness, nerve, and talent. The uniqueness allows you to be memorable. The nerve is how bold are you? And the talent, well, you gotta stand by it and showcase it. So that's what hit me when you said that. All right. Well, thank you so very much. <clears throat> Excuse me. Thank you so very much, everybody. So, Mr. Vassi East, are you ready? I know Antonio asked you a question. All right. And the floor is now yours. I, that I have not done a thousand more, and yet I feel few come within the compass of my curse. Those were the words uttered by a man who was about to move into eternity by way of the door of death. His name was Aaron, Aaron the Moor. I believe that if we would embrace the power and the majesty, the, the uniqueness, the oneness, the power that 
William Shakespeare gave the world in his writings. I simply uttered words from Aaron the Moor from the play Titus Andronicus. Yet I fear few come within the compass of my curse. Aaron was an incredible man. Aaron had went about at the time when the Romans had conquered much of Europe. And Aaron the Moor, being of Moorish background, he was a Moor. And he was so vengeful, he was so incredibly violent in his way of dealing with the Roman occupation of Italy. He went about at the time when Roman soldiers would die, Roman magistrates, the powerful people of Rome. He would actually dig them up from their graves and set their bodies at the door of their homes. This is how wicked, this is how vengeful, this was how courageous Aaron was. And when I think about a man who lived such a life, when I think about the pain and the agony that he caused, even those who were grieving over their dead loved ones, he went about to say that even if you were to compare his life to anyone else, there was no compass, there was no map, nothing could compare to him. And so it is when I think about what this man was, when I think about William Shakespeare, when I think about the efforts that our young people are trying to achieve in a world today, in the midst of dealing with bullies and on the job, those of us who are adults, we deal with the rankers and we deal with all the pressures of the world. I think about Aaron the Moor. I think about how he fought back, but he did it in such a way that was memorable and yet so heinous. We don't have to go that route. We can go the route of wise men. We can go the route of men who, like Marcus, once the emperor of Rome, where he talked about the uniqueness of a human, the human mind, where he talked about, so a man think it, so is he. Aaron the Moor took the path of whatever he thought, he tried to live it and he caused much pain in the world. And as we're trying to embrace a renaissance which is close to my heart, I believe as I think about Marcus, the great emperor of Rome, where he talked about the uniqueness of having a vision of yourself in a secular way. But I'm reminded by another man, Solomon, who spoke those same words, but in a context that was direct, directed and given by the Almighty himself. So a man think it, so is he. And as we're trying to help the world and give the world things that can help humanity, do you wanna take the path of Aaron the Moor? Do you wanna take the path of Marcus? Do you wanna take the path of Solomon himself? And I believe as I'm speaking to this group tonight, as we're wrestling with issues that we're trying to keep our corporations together, we're trying to keep our homes together, 
we're doing our very best. But it all starts in a personal corner of our minds. It all starts with each of us embracing those things that are pertinent to us as a human being. So a man thinketh, so is he. History will never tell us what William Shakespeare saw as he described and built this character in his play, Titus Andronicus. But he gave us a glimpse and a hint of what it's like when a man goes to the level to dig up a dead man and set his body at the door of the home he once lived. I am compelled to believe that as those of us who are trying for the betterment of humanity, trying to help people overcome their weaknesses, overcome those things that hurt and have caused great pain, rather than trying to tell people what the wrongs were, but to ask them to go deep into their own minds, into the history of their, their, very, their very lives, and ask them, I implore that we ask them to go back and search and find out what it was that causes them, that has caused them to take paths of self-destruction. I want our young children, as well as the old, to visit their past in a questioning way. And that because when we develop a mindset, so a man think it, so is he. I'm not so interested in people flying off to other planets, but I am concerned about those of us who will take that journey and fly deep within our own minds, to take that journey, to become an alien to yourself, to find yourself seeing yourself that you've never seen before and realizing that you have now come face to face with the alien within yourself, an alien of good. So unlike Aaron the Moor, unlike Aaron the Moor who took it upon himself to take vengeance on the dead, I encourage each of us, each of you, to take the courage to go deep inside of your minds and your hearts, your very being, and challenge life, not the dead. That is my thought. That is my hope that each of us will better ourselves to give ourselves the benefit of the doubt, to give ourselves the chance to finally come to terms with the things that are ailing our society. So a man think it, so is he. If you are good, live the good. If you are kind, be kind. If you are forgiving, be forgiving, but let it come from your heart. Those are my words, those are my thoughts for our world, your world. Believe it. All right, all right. Thank you, Mr. Vasquez, for that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Always words of wisdom, words of wisdom. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a special treat in store for you this evening. This gentleman has been professionally speaking since the age of 16 years old and has been perfecting his craft ever since. And he has loved professionally speaking so much that he decided he wanted to create a bureau of dominant speakers 
for other speakers who wanted to perfect their craft and to get paid what they're worth and what they deserve so they can go out, empower, educate, and enlighten people. This gentleman hailed from Galveston, Texas. I always call him the man, the myth, the legend. But this gentleman will be doing a poem tonight entitled A Prayer, A Mother's Prayer. Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you Mr. Antonio T. Smith, Jr. By your standards, there is nothing about me that screams out success. Since I don't ride around in a fancy car, I have a bank account in it with two or three commas, the opinion you keep of me, yeah, that's much less than what I deserve. Since you believe I'm new to this whole Christian thing, you don't hang on to my every word. You just rather base your opinions on what I used to be instead of how the Lord is using me. So I just stay humble and never utter a word. But I am, I am, I am man enough to admit that some of the things you heard about me, James, is probably true. I have been to jail a couple of times and I don't even know what my parents said, but I'm living proof of what my God can do. You see, I've been on my own since I was six. And by the time that I was eight, I seen more things with these eyes than you seen when you were 28. And that kind of made me make a couple of bad decisions, some of which I still suffer from the consequences today. You see, I tried to be an island like God designed me to be Honolulu. And when the world had counted me out as another black cause, the Lord looked down on my situation and said, Antonio, don't give up. I'm going to use you. I have a specific reason why I'm keeping you in the middle of all your pain, because I need one mother child to see that you are somebody that can rise after being slain. They would look at your life and realize the greatness of the one true living Lord. And you may feel like your life is all alone and all unfair, but you are wrong like the prophet Elijah once before, because I, yeah, I'm your God. And I can hear every last one of your prayers and, and I can feel all the pain that you think. And I know that you believe that your life was not fair, but you would be my weeping reverend like Jeremiah was my weeping prophet. And all those mothers that are crying for you and praying for you, I call them like eight ball in the corner pocket. So stop whining and, and do it some more because I need your life to be an example. I need your life to be a testimony that sometimes I throw dirt on my children just so people can see that some dirt looks good when it's trampled. Sometimes I throw turn on, sometimes I throw dirt on my children so a mother's prayer can wipe them clean and your life would be an example that all of God's children shall lean and depend on me. As a matter of fact, I'm the alpha and omega. I am the beginning and the end and your life would be a testimony that all children should just come on in. They can be like a lawyer in a courthouse or a writer giving birth to a dissertation. You can even be the president of the United States or speaking sold-out seminars like motivation. You're going to be my saved sinner, helping to save sinners. That's why I gave you all that hell down here. I brought you to it so you can have your testimony. Now use it for good 
down there. My mother prayed for me. I need everybody to unmute your mic, please, and give it up for Mr. Antonio. Right, All right, I'm back. One of our mics is on the muted side. Let's see. All right. Thank you, everybody. Appreciate you. Now, I actually took out 30 seconds of that because I forgot it midway through. (laughs) (laughs) But that's irrelevant because you never would have knew. But I'm going to let Phil and Susan give their comment as if it's the keynote. But I do want to tell you what I did. Here's how I got famous. I would take... I was a professional poet, obviously. Uh, that was, that's a genre of poetry called slam poetry. Hold on quick. That was a genre of poetry called slam poetry. Nah, I'm just taking out these headphones. All right, that should be much better. Is it right? Much better. Okay, yeah. That was a genre genre of poetry called slam poetry. Now, uh, I'm not great or nothing like that. Here's what I did, Law. I took. Now I'm in the Bible Belt, obviously. It's Texas. There's churches. There's more churches than Chick Fil A's, and Chick Fil A is a church. Okay. And that being said, I needed to separate myself to where no one could come after me. And I needed not to be some regular church person. And I also did not need anyone to identify with me as a preacher. And what I did is I took the streets, because that's what that is. I took Deaf Poetry Jam. And what I would do is I would take the popular preachers or whatever scriptures and I would re-teach them in a three-minute poem. There's always three minutes. And what that would do, and I'm purposely not saying anything of, what, of how I did. I'm going to let Phil and Susan do all that. What I'm, I'm showing you why I did it, okay? I knew, Vastine, that people would give me three minutes to speak. Who, who don't want to invite somebody, like, you can squeeze somebody in the program with that. But please know, I walked away from my job from Little Caesars with $200 in the bank, and I told everybody I retired. Now, in fairness, I had some residual income coming, but I still left with $200 in the bank. And I knew I needed to establish myself as a speaker that got paid about 100 times a year at about $75 in engagement. What is that, $7,500? But that's all I needed. I know y'all, you know, Phil needs $7,500 a day. I, in 2011, only needed $7,500. I needed 
that much to cover what I was doing. And I knew that world worked off love offerings. And I knew if I could just get to $75, I can make it. And in my first year in establishing myself as a speaker in any, well, in this area, because I come from Austin slam team and stuff, right? In this area, I knew I had to do this. Last couple of things I'll say. And it worked. And since 2008, specifically December 2008, I've spoken over 100 times a year since then. I've never spoken less than 100 times a year. Now, I haven't done that since 2012 because I did it so regularly and so they said so well. I almost typecast myself, Vince. Okay. Get get that young man that come over there that, that do that 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 hippity hop stuff he do. Come talk to my kids, right? It's not what I was at all, right? But you know, you gotta do what you gotta do to get on. And that's you know, when you're from the streets like me, I just I don't even need an introduction. Just crack the door, let me get my toes in. I'll talk my way to the rest of my foot and my ankle getting in there. I just need you to open the door a little bit. And if you don't want to open the door, just show me where the door at and I'll stand outside with a candle and some mosquito spray until somebody walk out. You understand? That's just my, you know, my thing. So anyway, I'll be quiet. Hopefully you learned something that, you know, that's incredibly unique. That's not the most unique. There are plenty of people that can do what I do, but I was the first to do it down here. Okay. I call it gangster gangster music. All right. So Phil, Susan, have your way. I'll step out your way and y'all can say whatever you want to say. Wow. I wasn't even listening to that to critique it. It wasn't even in my mind that that's what I would be doing. Um, I fell in love with you right there. You know, Um, it was so heartfelt and unique and memorable your enthusiasm um believability your story had me just so emotional um and then you know your body language your everything about it it was just perfection from start to to end the pauses, your voice. And you did all that in what, three minutes? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I'm still like almost speechless. That's that's one you never forget. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. Thank well you very much. Done. Well done. Good and faithful. Yes, sir. <laughs> You're asking two white people to, to <laughs> sit on your gangster rap. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> no, um, I mean, I, I need to watch it again just to pick out all the good stuff. You had both voice variety. You were fast, you were loud, you were quiet, you paused. Uh, you had, you told us at the beginning, a mother's prayer. 
you told us what we were going to talk about. Uh, you had some great body language. You moved around the room. You'd had a tendency to look too much to your right. You didn't look much to your left. That's one thing I would have thought. Um, you had enthusiasm. You had passion. You had you challenged us as individuals. You weren't egotistical. You weren't talking about yourself other than just to let people know who was in front of you. You know, what do you have? What do you get? And why, why should I listen? Um, absolutely incredible, brother. Uh, I, I love to hear it and uh, would like to hear more. And that's, the, that's the, the litmus test on whether you're good or not. Do the people listening to you want to hear more? Because if they don't, then you didn't hit it out of the park. And brother, you hit it out of the park. So thank you very much. I love you. Love you. Love you more, Phil. Appreciate you. And Phil brings up a good point. Y'all can't see, but I should have looked to the left more. You can't see, but there's a stone cold wall <laughs> to the left. <laughs> and they were sitting there, right? But the audience doesn't know. You get it? I should have did that. I was intentional about looking at the camera, but he's absolutely right. So remember that. Remember that. The audience, the, the TV doesn't know, right? And I can be whatever I want on TV if you can't see what's off screen. And right now I have an ax in my hand. It's right here. I have it. And now I don't. Okay, I'm picking up the ax. Right? Yeah, I can do what I want. You, you can't see it, so you can't tell me I don't have it in my hand. Right? No, appreciate you. I just wanted you to all, as far as my Hopefully, all of you heard my enunciation. Now, that is extremely intentional. It is uh, uh, Michael Merritt beat that into me because when I start professionally speaking at 16, as Grace said, I was hood. <laughs> Texas hood, too. That's a whole different kind of hood. <laughs> You know, yeah, hood with a twang, yeah. And the judges would say enunciation, enunciation, yeah, country, all sorts of stuff. But if you if you pay attention, I was intentional about pronunciating every single syllable, and you know, I'm, I'm not trying to teach you uh, what Phil and Susan just say. I'm just wanting you to know that my enunciation is extremely intentional and there are times when did, did y'all hear any ums and so's right no ums no so's i i paused on purpose i'm trying to think of some stuff that i would never teach but i do it it's not that i don't want to teach it, i just don't think to teach teach it I, oh oh notice that i didn't go Hey everybody, I'm Antonio, and yeah. I understand that however I begin is how the audience is going to journey with me. But what I did was I took a long pause, two pauses back to back that made people think either I was nervous or whatever your perception would have been. When she said my name, I paused. I do this on purpose and I count in my head one, two, three. And the reason I do this, and I got this actually, this is from a book. Lead like, speak like Lincoln, stand like Churchill or something like that, okay? Something like that. It's a fantastic book, by the way. 
and they teach about the power of pause and feeling Susan, not referencing the book because they learned it in different places. They always talk about the power of pause. I, I hear it all the time. Before I, I had to kill the introduction and establish my mood. Grace gave the introduction, but I had to kill it. Does that make sense? I had to, because that's her energy. And she's going, and I don't need y'all to start there. I can't go nowhere. If, if I start at the cheers, then I can't vocal inflection myself up. So I have to pause and bring it back to where I want it to be. I, I hope that makes sense to you. I'm trying to think of some more things. Huh? Speak, like Speak like Churchill, stand like Lincoln. Fantastic book. I asked that. Well, anyway, there's plenty of things that's going to come as far as your, as your account gets valued. There's going to be a lot of stuff that's going to come from that. I'm, I'll, I'll be teaching on that personally. But I do want you to get that when I was introduced, I killed it. You know, not in a bad way. I can't catch that energy. And that works, too, if the crowd is dead. You pause for a while, then someone says, oh, my God, is he nervous? And then, boom, by your standards, you get it? And I'm intentionally taking you down by your standards. And then I did it again, another super pause. And then I start talking again. All that's, I promise you, it's intentional. It, it's lots of rehearsal. I haven't done that in so many years. I literally used Vastine to go in the bathroom and try to remember it as fast as I can. Because I was trying to, because I got like 60 of them in my head. And I don't read from a paper and do poetry. That's crazy. I don't read from a paper and do anything. My power doesn't work that way. Nothing wrong with that way. I get, my power gets lost on the paper when I attempt to use a paper and talk. My, my power doesn't do that. But if I did it again, I would do it over and over, same thing, kind of same pauses. Law and Susan and Phil mentioned body language. All the body language is intentional, but for a different reason. That kind of, firstly, that was my story. I took my story, real deal facts, put it in a bunch of scriptures, and I used Elijah and Jeremiah. And those were real deal, 7,000 mothers praying for you. That's actually a text. But I'm, anyway, you don't have to know, but there was a lot of hidden things in there because I wanted to have an opportunity to speak again. And I needed to not only, I didn't need to be entertaining without being valuable. I'm trying to think of some other stuff. I was, oh, if you bring in the body language. I understood, now slam poetry is this. Slam poetry is that poetry that makes you come alive. It's, it's different. If you've if you ever seen Deaf Poetry Jam, it's that kind of stuff. And there's many different ways you can do it. I mean, you'll see some, some people <laughs> you'll see some people <laughs> the shorter you are the more aggressive you tend to be because you're, you're trying to do the opposite and you'll see this little five foot six white guy and he goes femur. whoa 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 what right you know something like that real quick 
and it get, he's just getting your attention. All right, now that I got your attention. You, 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 get, you know what I'm saying, right? You, you want to start off incredibly strong. What else? The body language, eight ball in the corner pocket, all this stuff is my, the way I use my body language was not because I was speaking. I use my body language to talk as to say all the words I was not saying while I was speaking. I hope that makes sense. Typically when we talk, we talk with our hands and I'm just, I happen to be talking, so I'm moving. That's not what I was doing. My body language was finishing words for me that the poem couldn't do because it would have been too long. And every time I'm saying something that I know was a powerful metaphor or something, I acted it out with my body so you wouldn't miss what I was saying. Oh, what else? I can't think of anything. And everything else, Phil and Susan said, I never thought about the memorable part that Phil just said at the end. That's actually quite facts. I never thought about that, that I want when I want you to come back, that's a litmus test. Never thought about that whatsoever. I'm not sure why, but yes, yes, please come back. I want you to come back to my podcast, please. I can't think of anything else. Phil, Susan, did I jog your memories of anything else that may have happened? Because I can't think of anything else that I would have. I'm sure we all got to go back and watch it, but I can't think of anything else. No. Can y'all? Well, any questions then? Tips that you may want me to give. Now, of course, you don't have to do poetry. You can just do whatever is good for you. Go ahead, Cameron. Um, so Phil had made the comment about having two white guys give a observation of your slam poetry. One common denominator, though, in your body language was the use of your hands in giving us the description of a number. You could have said the number five and just left it at that. However, you said, actually, you said the number six, and then you said the number eight. That made a huge impact in being able to get that impression onto my brain. Mm. That was really good. I forgot. I don't even know if that was intentional. <laughs> I think, yeah, that's really good. No, no, yeah, definitely. And that's what I was trying to do with my body actions. I was trying to get it to speak with you. Anybody else have a, thank you, Cameron. Maya, okay, sorry, Maya. I'm gonna see her. Okay, Maya, you can, there you go. Go ahead, that's Susan, it's Susan. Oh, okay. Well, when you said you didn't even know you did that, that just shows that your emotion came into it yeah that you didn't know was going to be there yeah and that's something as a speaker that's unique every time and it has to do with your audience as well and how they react to you yeah that's a really good point that's why i had vastine go because i had the words down i knew if i messed up I can make up something on the fly and keep going, but I wasn't in the right emotion. And I used the whole time Vastine was talking 
to jump back to the emotion of my story. None of that was into, while the intellectual stuff was rehearsed, that is not, I did not want to show my intellect. I wanted you to feel me. Period. And I want you to feel my pain, but I think Phil hit the nail in the head, but I didn't want to be a victim. And that's really hard to do. It's hard to talk about you without making you sound like a victim or someone so special that Mars is, you know, revolving around you and the laws of physics are so bad that you had the worst childhood ever. We, we lose trust for that speaker. Okay, Deanna's telling me Maya and then Anthony Mitchell. Okay, well, I guess for me, uh, there's one thing. I don't really have, um, I guess, a lot of body language only because like, um, I'm kind of still a lot only because of the fact that like, I can't move as much as I would like to, but at the same time, I still want to be able to come across to let someone understand like that I'm really trying to get my point across. And so like, is there another way to possibly do that um, instead of having like the body language? Absolutely there is. And I'll let me, Phil and Susan all chime in here. There is no right way to speak in that case, Maya, that was supposed to be that way, is designed that way. I could, you can control body language with your pace. You can literally replace, Phil does, Phil and Susan do this extremely well. They especially feel if Phil wants to say something super impactful, he uses the shortest words possible. But the way they're in arrangement, they travel the furthest. And Phil does it all the time. It's, it's, I don't know if it's intentional, but I'm pretty sure it is. You get it? I mean, it's, it's genuine, but he, he, he arranges his words to travel the furthest. And then what he'll do is he'll leave you to where you go, oh, oh, you were done. Damn, I wanted some more. You get it? <laughs> you get it? Vastine uses illustrations to be, you know, in replace for bilingual. But let me pause real quick, and I don't want to take all the good answers. Phil, Susan, did you want to add to how you can not be animated but still be animated? Well, just hearing Maya's voice and the the softness of her voice, I would just really probably lean into her. Um, just hearing her voice, I wanted to lean in to hear what she had to say. So her style may, may not be moving around a lot and being animated because just the, the elegant eloquence that I feel from her and the quietness um, I feel wisdom that I want to hear. So I, I wouldn't worry about that if I were her. Be unique. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, the only thing I have to go on is her picture. 
and I would suggest use her eyes and her smile because that can be as engaging as her body language. It's true. My, uh, my eyes are one of my gifts, and people have told me my whole life they are. So that's why when I'm giving a speech, I make sure I get on tack, eye contact with everybody in the room, even the people in the back. In my mind, I, I perceive that I'm connecting in their eyes, and they pick that up. So I would use your eyes and your smile. Good stuff. Good stuff. And every time I look in Phil's eyes, I think of Autumn Breeze. No, so I, I couldn't resist it, Vince. I so could. It, the timing was like so perfect. It was so perfect. Tempest is one of the most prolific speakers that I know. She too, Maya, is extreme. She, she can move. She just doesn't want to. <laughs> like She doesn't. She, she doesn't want to. Tempest can slay a room and never move her right foot. You know, never move her right foot. Shoulders won't move. And everyone would be in tears when she is done. And she has two most notable styles of speaking. And then there's a third one that's mixed the two together. She can get you with the soft voice. Then she can get you with the soft, you're going to get your stuff together voice, which is a whole lot different. You know, and then she can merge the two together, which I'm not even sure how she does that. But she leads with her empathy. And she comes from a place of, I'm not, I don't even know how to describe it because I don't, I don't have that gift. So I can't describe it and I won't do it justice. Phil may be able to do it better, but I'm not worthy enough to tell you about the third one because it's just not what I do. And I'm not going to describe it well. I can just tell you how it makes me feel it makes me feel like I need to get my act together. And someone quite kind was calling me out. That's what it makes me feel like. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good. Good. <laughs> Hopefully that helps you. We'll take Anthony Mitchell and then we'll go ahead. And thank, thank you, Maya. Thank you very much. Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. Anthony Mitchell, saw you today. When it comes to the body language, I've been a, I'm one of those that don't, don't get, you can't get used to moving too much as well, kind of talking with your hands and, and things like that. I know that I had been complimented a lot on my, my, my voice. So I almost kind of stood behind that and just felt like if I had an engaging voice, that would kind of cover you know, any kind of hand gestures or anything, body language and things like that. Because then also on top of that, amazing, amazing sound. Because, you know, as you were seeking, I, I, I think about what I've been through and, and, and I go way deep and I tend, tend to get emotional. <laughs> and, uh, and that's just from around family and friends and, you know, my church and things like that when I've gotten up and spoke. And that's something I know I need to use that energy, obviously, for something else. And body language possibly would help with that. So my question, instead of standing behind my voice and expecting that to totally engage my audience, is there any, should I be accepting of that? Or is that, that make any sense? Brother, I'm going to always tell you to be yourself. I'm never, ever, ever going to tell you that. Lift your weaknesses up. 
I think that is the stupidest thing on planet Earth. You, I want you to think of this as a, some people are spoons and some people are knives. I'm more of a knife. Tempest is more of a spoon. And equally, both utensils are equally important. A spoon has its place in a bowl of cereal, period. You cannot put a knife in a bowl of cereal and expect a good result. Right, right. Just doesn't belong there. And what the world has done, especially, actually, no, both Eastern and Western hemispheres, is we've told you, Anthony, or and let me use me, Antonio, you're a knife. You're too knifey. Okay? What we need you to do is be well-rounded. Okay? Now, if you take a knife and you well-round it, by the time it's over, it's not a knife anymore. I can't cut anything. I'm just a long spoon. Mm. You, you've taken my gift of cutting and you've made me a long spoon. And nobody wants to use a long spoon. Mm. And all you who are older than 40, you know your grandmother had that long wooden spoon upon the stove and you weren't supposed to use it. Okay, <laughs> you get the point. Right, I, right. I would never, ever, ever tell you. What I would tell you, and very concisely, is double down on your strengths. Les Brown's smile has made him millions of dollars. His laugh has made him a million more. His memory has made him another million on top of that. His quotes have made him another million on top of that. And his blackness in the 70s is what made him unique. And his beard gave him all the rest of the money. Can you imagine Les Brown with no beard? You get it? Now, while this seems like I'm tripping, Les Brown with no beard no laugh, no stories. He's not Les Brown. He's absolutely not Les Brown. Like, do, do not be Jerry Seinfeld and then stop being Jerry Seinfeld because people want you to be Cat Williams. You get what I'm saying? Right. I really hope that helps you because Joel Osteen does not care about not being Joel Osteen. It's just going to be Joe. And because of that, the law of attraction responds to him and a 43,000 member church in front of him, plus millions around the world. You get what I'm saying? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Don't, my charisma is my strength. Now, I can shape my charisma in multiple different ways. That's what I would suggest you do. Today, my charisma came off as poetic emotion. You copying what I'm saying? Right, right. Mm. On class Thursday, my charisma will come off with, I'm right, they wrong, follow me out of poverty. This is exactly what it's going to come off. I'm just telling you. 
It's not going to come off any other way. Mm. Never teach business sales and marketing with no confidence. Hmm. You get it? Right, right. Uh-huh. Phil, well, let me not speak for Phil. Phil, what are your strengths? And how do you double down on your strengths? Um, uh, I would begin by saying that I care, that I'm, I'm truly in front of a group because I want to give them information that they take that information and use it to make a difference in their life. Boom. Just like that. Got it? And then he, he I mean, I'll mute Mike real quick. Okay. Don't change, brother. All y'all listen to me. This will be the last question we let y'all out of here. Do not change. Okay? Seriously. What you do is you double down on your strengths. Your weaknesses are irrelevant. You can't be weak if you don't do them. I wish more people would realize that. <laughs> if you never do your weaknesses, you can't be weak. Does that make sense? I mean, it's just like, it's common sense, but no one uses it. Every day, you, the reason I'm infectious and the, re- the reason why I can even have the audacity to say I'm infectious. You, you, know, you know the fortitude you have to have to say, I'm infectious. And people go, yeah, yeah, you are. That, you get it? It's because every day you see me, I'm in my gifts. And that is extremely magnetic. Every day, you, you, y'all have never met me on a day that I was doing something I was not supposed to be doing. I am a genius in my genius, and I ain't doing nothing else. If, if it was not for, and, and I have no problem with Phil's genius, I have no problem with Vastine's genius, I don't bother Vastine, I don't bother Phil, Susan. They do what they do, and I stay out their way. This is the long as I have talked in the Bureau of Diamond Speakers in yeah. quite some time. Yeah. Right? (laughs) Sit back. I relax. I'm chilling, right? And that's only because I didn't want to mess up the rotation. Because when you in your genius, you don't care about nobody else being in a genius. It don't bother me whatsoever. So double down on your genius. If y'all concentrate on your genius, you can never be weak. In order for your weakness, weaknesses can exist is to have to agree with them or give them power. That's what Maurice just said. Muhammad, right? Law had a question. Go ahead, Law. We'll, we'll, take, we'll take it real quick. Oh, you put it in the chat. Well, you, 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 can, you can ask it on, on. I'm more of an audible. Okay. I'm audible. Law asked, how do you figure out your strength? I have an answer. And again, I'll, I'll let Phil and Susan chime in here because I think it's, I don't, I don't want to give the only, there's three experts here, right? at least on on this day. When you burn on fire for something and you actually get results in that thing, that's your gifts. That's my answer. But I'm a simple guy. Remember, I'm practical. If I do theoretical math excellently, this is why I do so well at business systems. 
this is why I was able to stand in a room in three different cities yesterday. I don't even remember. Yesterday. Jesus. Yesterday, four flights, three cities, and tell people what the heck I wanted. Literally. This is what, this is what I want. This is how it's going to be. This is what it's going to be. And what you think? I asked what you think because I understood they had no choice but to think what I wanted in my gift. And then when it got time to their gift, I literally said, and, and there, there's witness to this, I'm out your way. I literally told them, I don't care what you do. I just need you to do it so I can go do what I do. Because I understand that my strengths are mine. My strengths, when I get fantastic results, I'm going to keep doing that, Law. I'm probably not going to be a swimmer. I can swim. For one, I'm not shaving all that body hair stuff. That ain't happening. That's number one. So already, I don't like to walk around barefoot. That's number two. So I'm, I'm really just, I'm just qualified all over the place right now, okay? I just... I just disqualify all over the place. The mere fact that I don't even like taking off my socks until it's time to go to bed. Disqu swimming is probably not my strength. As weird as that sounds, right? Swimming is not my strength. I don't even like to walk around barefoot. You got to get that down first. I literally wanted to do karate. And it was like, you got to take off your shoes. Yeah, I'm going to do something else. I'm serious. I literally did not do karate because I didn't want to walk around barefoot. Not, I don't know. I don't know. It's just not my thing. I'm just, I'm just telling you. <laughs> Phil Susan, if y'all can explain what strengths are. Yeah. I, you know, focusing on your strengths. One of the first things that we do when we coach someone is to help them discover their strengths. And so you can elaborate on that. Yeah, there's a couple of assessments out there that we use with people that determine, you know, where their gifts are and then where they can place those gifts and how those gifts brought together with their other gifts, then they can leverage it and take something to the next level. You know, and the marketplace will tell you your strengths. You know, when you're out there speaking, if it works, it works. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You don't do that, you do do that. That's why it's important to record your programs because then you can go back to listen to them to find out what worked and what didn't work. You know, it's the old story about the frog, the turtle and the rabbit. The first day of school, we have swimming. The frog comes home and says, I love school. The turtle comes home and says, it's okay. The rabbit comes home and says, I hate school. Next day we have jumping. The frog comes home and says, I'm at the top of my class. The turtle comes home and says, I hate school. And the rabbit says, it's gotten better. And what do we do? We send the turtle to, to jumping school. We send the rabbit to swimming school. We say, don't worry about the frog. She gets it. We do it exactly the opposite of the way we should do it. So that's why it's so important to understand where your strengths are and then leverage those. Because God gave you those strengths for a reason. Why not use them? Your weaknesses won't take you anywhere. So focusing on them, if we know about the law of attraction, that just expands it. So focus on your strengths, and that's where it'll help you get to where you need to go. Fantastic. I'm going to steal that whole story. It's mine now. I'll quote humor consultants. 
about 12 times. And on the 13th, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> That's really good. That's really good. Any final words from our teachers, leaders, business partners, Vastine, Vince, Law, Phil, Susan, Tempest, any final words? Well, I just want to reinforce what I have used before I go up every time. And many of you have heard this, but there's some people here today that haven't heard it. So that's why it bears repeating. It's Luke 12, 11. When brought in front of the judge and magistrates, give not thought to the words I speak, let the spirit flow. Today's audiences, they don't want you to present. They want you to be present. And that's a subtle difference. And I use TV as the metaphor. Soap operas, talk shows, what do we have? Reality TV. So today's audiences either want to be the stars or they want to be able to relate to the stars. So excuse my crassness, the old show up and throw up, they will turn you off in a heartbeat. You're there to create an engagement. You're there to create a conversation. You're not there to dump on them. And if you can remember that, then everything else will kind of line up and, and you'll, you'll create what you want to create. I love that. Show up and throw up. Way too many of those speakers. Way too many. Vince? I, I will say this, and, and Deanna hit on it right at the, at the beginning of the call with several folks just being really busy. Um, I, I just have to say for the new folks that are joining the Bureau, these calls, if you have ever been to a, a, a network marketing convention or, or these these big events that you go to once a year and they and they you know they give you this hoopla and they pump you up what we get right now with the bureau is every week of pumping up and motivation that you cannot get this anywhere else for the price that that, that you're being that you're paying to be a part of this group and and I like to call it a mastermind because every time when Antonio he, he started off once again he, 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 when he, that speech came, I'm sitting here getting chills. I wanted to say something crazy in the, in the chat, but I, I wanted to keep it professional. I mean, you all really do not know what you're getting or what you're getting yourself into because with Phil and Susan and Antonio and the other uh, business minds that are on this call, it is absolutely phenomenal, man. And I, and I really miss not being able to be a part of them like I was before because of my schedule. But this was a great call for me to re-energize me once again. I already got the energy and I'm busy doing other things. But man, I'm, I'm on the phone right now. My sister writes poems. So Antonio, you know, when you throw something out, I'm on the, I'm on the email on the computer over here researching it. So when my five minutes come up, I already told my sister, who's a poem writer, you need to uh, hook me up with a poem because I need to speak to some business leaders on staying ready. So she's sitting here grilling me. So all I got to say, man, I miss these calls. I miss the family. And uh, this, this is great. It's just a re reaffirming what we're a part of. I love it. I love it. Vince is one of our leaders. If you all missed it, ladies and gentlemen, he's great. He has a podcast, and we're going to do everything we can to help him promote and share that podcast. Law. Lay down law. Did he get his glasses? Did we mail it to him? Not yet. All right. We're going to mail you your glasses. We're going to mail you your glasses. That's probably my fault. I, I normally give my card 
and I didn't do that, so that's all right. We'll take care of that tomorrow. Go ahead, Law. <laughs> didn't really have much to add, but I will take those glasses. Thank you very much. There you go. Well, why don't you just uh, flip them dreads for us just one good time. Just show, oh, look at it. Look at it. <laughs> well, the, the uh, oh, Tempest, did you? Oh, shoot, let me check my phone. <laughs> My business partner be like, I'm cooking right now. Yeah, stuff like that. But she is, Tempest is actually one of the, the, the greatest speakers I know. Love her to death. Other than that, I gave everybody a chance, right? I'm missing any leaders. Okay, last thing I'll say. The, oh, Vestine, 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 please, please go ahead. Y'all listen, because he about to say something good. He about to say something good. That about good. Uh, no, I, I, I babbled enough tonight. I, uh, uh, just, this was a unique moment tonight. Um, thank you very much. And really was, was blessed to be in the company of all of you once again tonight. Uh, I learned so much by listening. And tonight I'm, I'm happy that I was able to just to kind of uh, the way when I start the show on Wednesday nights uh, is to to give it tonight. I wanted to just play with a sense of a sense of chaos. It's it's out of chaos that order is born many times, and I wanted to use a figure. Uh, I, I like Shakespearean. I like Shakespeare, and I wanted to use a character, Aaron the Moor. I I'm so closely connected with that character and I love that particular play and how it's so relatable and it takes me away from myself because I don't believe I'm anything like Aaron the Moor. And if you've ever read the play Titus Andronicus, you'll see that it's, it's a dark story. And, and I'm so happy that Antonio, I, I knew he was going to deal with poetry. He had talked about poetry last week and I can't think of a, a greater way to introduce a sense of poetry than William Shakespeare. Uh, but thank you again for allowing me to, to come on a stage drunk tonight. And because a lot of times uh, to make, to shorten things up, I witnessed a play some years ago in, at the Globe Theater in California and Charleston Heston was in the play Detective Story. And Heston was drunk. Yes, Ben Hur was drunk that night. And he was dropping his lines, but he made the play work because he was so professional. It gave his understudy fits because in a play, whatever is recited the first night, or the, the understudy has to do those same lines the next night. But Heston was so clever and his drunkenness that night. And I wanted to be Heston. I didn't know I was gonna come this way, but it came to me. This is my Heston moment. Be crazy, be elusive, but at the same time, bring some kind of point. And thank you very much. I enjoyed it. No, you're very welcome. I sure appreciate you. Uh, very welcome. Ladies and gentlemen. Oh, sorry, that's me, Vestine. Go ahead, oh, there you go. Ladies and gentlemen, the don't change. Here's my, if you ask me, I have one talent, one strength, one talent. I process information rapidly. 
Okay. Yeah. That's if you ask me, that's what I do. I process information. And once you process it, it can manifest itself in different ways because I process so quickly. That's how I even came up with this class tonight. And since I process so quickly, here's how that manifests into my core strength of who I am and why we are successful and why the Bureau is about to hit a year strong. If not, it's, I think, yeah. I, I remember first class with Law and Jerome and had a Christmas tree behind me. I remember that. So I know it's coming. If it's, I don't know if it was up early or if it was up late. I remember there's a Christmas tree behind me if you go look at your homework. And why the Bureau, the business, like we're so not even close to bankrupt. It's, it's just so, so much. The stuff we're doing is unheard of because of this one thing. I process information so quickly that I love, I love when people think I can't do it. Oh, I love that. Oh, I love it. And I be quiet when it happens. Because I say, and please, I'm not, this isn't about me. This is about y'all. Because I say one thing in my head, processing information. Okay. One of us going to be right. Either what you're saying right now is right, or I'm going to win and show everybody they were stupid to believe what you just said. And I like winning. So please, in this speaker world, did you see that turn? Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what about me. In this speaker world, please know that every time you get up to speak, there is an opposing viewpoint. And love them. Embrace them. Get used to negative feedback. Because you can't be famous without it. You cannot. Take your engagements, take your speeches, take whatever it is, and I want you to eat for breakfast their doubts. That's what I do well. I would literally look stupid and say nothing. Because you can't make me look stupid because I've already processed the information. And the way I process the information is this energy, crescent moon, and I said that for somebody, going right past me. And make sure you do the same thing. Ladies and gentlemen, we have loved you and we are so grateful. I am so grateful that all of you are here. Expect greater things. Phil and Susan have big plans. If your, all your original people, your certifications are going out, my holdup right now is I want Phil and Susan to sign them. And I'm trying to figure out logistically how to get all that done. Period. I, 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 I had other stuff to say, but that's the holdup right now, how to get all that done. But we will... Just put it in the mail, man. Put it in the mail. <laughs> put it in the mail. <laughs> Maybe we'll What's do up, that. man? <laughs> What's up, John Calloway? You doing all right? Back to, yeah, man. You know, just going through some, you know, life challenges, being humble, you know, and uh, learning some more things in life. So, you know, I'm finally, you know, back in there. I'm out here at work. That's why you hear all the noise in the back. Oh, ain't you no worries. So, you know, I had to get back to the fam. You know, I ain't forgot about nobody. So Appreciate I'm back. You. 
Appreciate you, man. If y'all don't know John Calloway, I'll say this in my closing remark. He got the biggest biceps of all the Bureau. All he does is eat Cheerios and do push-ups on commercial breaks. That's all he does, Cameron. He just is commercial. He does 50 push-ups and he goes back. And every time there's a commercial on TV, he does. He drives and do push-ups at the same time. I don't know how he does it. Anyway, Antonio T. Smith Jr., you can't flip better. You can't dominate. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for being here. We love you. See you tomorrow. You should really be famous for every tear you've ever cried, for everything that's ever happened to you, for all the abuse you've ever been through, for the divorce you've ever been through. You should absolutely be famous for that. Yeah, that's how I think. As a matter of fact, that's how most of us great motivational speakers or platform speakers we are. I speak over 400 times a year. I command over $40,000 a keynote. $40,000 a keynote. I can make $30,000 in 30 minutes, all because my story was one of tragedy and I've learned how to take it to one of great wealth. I wanna teach you that. I wanna give to you free, no risk, no charge, no credit card needed, free 20 hours of how to get famous for telling your story. Antonio T. Smith Jr., you can plan better, you can, Dominate. I'm not sure if you already know this, but you're already absolutely perfect. You're already absolutely great. And you're already living in massive abundance. The most important things that you have is not what you have. It's not what you do. It's what you know. Because the people who do know what you need to know to leave the middle class, they're in the top 1% and they control 96% of the world's income. 97% of this world is trading time for money and that is not the way to become rich, it's not the way to become wealthy, and it is absolutely not the way to leave the middle class. There are 7.8 billion people in the world right now and they all wanna learn how to make money and how to leave the middle class. But the way to become a master at anything is to learn all the rules and then bend them to your favor. Right now in this world, there are 2,057 billionaires, right now. So if you think becoming a billionaire is, a, is impossible, that's 2,057 people that have already proved that impossibility incorrect. And if you think that's crazy, there are 46.8 million millionaires in the world, worldwide right now. Now think about that. 46.8 million millionaires, and that number grows 1,730 millionaires every single day. Money is everywhere. You don't need to max out your credit cards. You don't need to borrow from granddad and grandma. Just look behind me. Look at all the wealth sitting behind me in this junkyard. It's insane how much money is everywhere, and you don't need to go out there and beg, bar, and steal to get it. You just need to know the rules of making money and how to leave the middle class. Essentially, all you need to know is the algorithm of making money, the rules of making money. All you need to know is what to do and how to do it, and you can leave the middle class. Any industry, yoga, golf, underwater basket weaving, clipping fingernails, it doesn't matter. All you have to do is know how to do it, how to get it done, and then find somebody to teach you how to do it, how to get it done, and you will be able to leave the middle class. If you're not getting my point, it's real simple. Whatever you have up here, as long as you understand the rules of leaving the middle class, as long as you understand how to get money, you can take what's up here and get wealthy for what you already have. Right now, the very thing you know up here is already being searched a thousand times a second on Google. Someone right now 
Actually, 1,730 people right now are gonna become a millionaire from the stuff that you have in your head. Why can't this be you? I mean, it's 1,730 people with your ideas that are no better than you, that are gonna leave the middle class, become a millionaire. Why are you not next? So how do we do this? How do we take what you know and apply it to objective money-making secrets and then allow you to leave the middle class? How do we take you from where you are and let you escape to where you wanna go? So how do we make all this money or take all this knowledge from the Warren Buffers, from Elon Musk, how do we take everything that everyone before you has done and how do we take all of that and then put it in your head so you can leave a legacy for your family. My name is Antonio T. Smith Jr. 32 years ago, I lived in a trash can. That's right, from six to 14, I had no running water, no electricity, no anything, and somehow I'm in the top 1% today. Not because I had the right background, not because I had a silver spoon in my mouth, simply because being homeless made me learn how to make money. I retired when I was 29 years old. I'm more than likely younger than you. I'm one of the top 1% income earners in one of the richest countries in the world. What I learned how to do when I was six years old was learn how to generate enough money to eat some cookies so I wouldn't die to death from starvation. From there, I learned how to go from cookies to a meal from a meal to clothes, to clothes, to shelter, to everything else that supplied my necessary needs. When I was six, I was forced to learn how to make money. And now that's what I'm gonna do and help you do. I've seen amazing results. I have my own economy. I've homeschooled my own children. And I wrote a book that teaches you every single thing that I know about making money, every single thing that other people know about making money, and most importantly, all the stuff that we don't tell you. Because the truth is, and you know it like I know it, the most honest, the most hardworking, unselfish people on planet Earth live in the middle class. Yet, your honesty, your unselfishness, your devout religion going self is not enough to get to the top 1% and that's not fair. The second half of my life has been not about how much money I make, but how I will be remembered from all the money that I have made. And I've been trying to teach everybody how to get out the middle class. I'm the crazy guy famous on the internet for trying to create 100,000 millionaires. I've created eight so far. I got a ninth one on the way, all the way from India. That's pretty cool. And what I want to tell you is something very simple. It's been hard. It's been absolutely hard to help people leave the middle class, not because of the people, because the system would rather keep you being someone else's money instead of you having your own economy and having the money come find and flow to you. It was frustrating because I knew that anybody can make money. And if you knew what I knew, you would change your life. Over the last few years, I built a large following of over half a million people every month that pay me to actually, for me, to give them advice. Well, that's been exciting for me. And the cool thing is, I've created thousands of six-figure earners. I've created millionaires. I've created people who can live their dreams and hold on to their legacies. And now my eyes are on you to create you to what you need to be great. I have been teaching my principles and these principles to hundreds of thousands of people around the world, every country, 
all continents, and anyone who has taken them seriously, written them down and applied them, have a 100% success rate of leaving the middle class. I've taught these secrets to my following and my inner network, and I've watched them go from four figures to five figures, five figures to six figures, seven figures all the way to eight. Everything that I've ever learned Everything I've ever learned from millionaire mentors, billionaire mentors, and everything I learned from being homeless, and everything that got me into the top 1%, I have placed inside of a book. To date, it is the longest book that I've ever written, the most best book that I've ever written, and that book is called The Richest Man and the Trash Can, and I'm offering it to you today for free. This book is gonna show you how to become wealthy into the top 1% and leave the middle class. This book is gonna give you a step-by-step -step plan if you're 30 years old, all the way to 70 years old, how to get into the top 1%. If you're a teenager, how to get to the top 1%. If you're a millennial, how to get to the top 1%. It's gonna teach you how to make six figures immediately, teach you how to get to a million dollars immediately, and all that good stuff. Plus, I'm gonna give you the 36 objective laws of leaving the middle class. Plus, I'm gonna give you every last one of my secrets that have made me rich. You have to understand that leaving the middle class is the most important fight that you're gonna have in your life. And to be honest with you, and you can kind of relate to this, it almost takes $450,000 a year just to be broke in America. And that's just in America. If you don't leave the middle class, which is actually an illusion, then you are gonna have a really hard time. Think about it for a second. Some of, most of you are gonna be watching this are gonna be baby boomers, and you've been sold a bad check. They lied to you. Your retirement was not enough for you to live comfortable, and I'm gonna give you this book for free so you can figure out how to triple your retirement and then quadruple your retirement, and then as Grant Cardone would say, 10X your retirement so you can live the life that's worthy of you. I want you to remember that leaving the middle class is the most important battle that you could ever face in your entire life, especially for your family. So consider this video, this book, your friendly tap on the shoulder. I want to send you a free copy of this book because I believe that abundance is your birthright. I believe that abundance is freedom. And I believe that this book is right for you. In fact, I believe in that so much that I will send you the book for free. All you have to do is cover the cost of shipping. I'll eat the cost. I'll take the loss. And all you have to do is get the book and dominate your reality right now and apply the principles so you can be the best person for your life that is yours. Fill out the form sitting right there to the right. Go ahead, dominate your reality. I can't wait to send you my book. I can't wait to meet you. I can't wait to have you as someone that's been on the journey with me. Antonio T. Smith Jr., you can plant better. You can dominate. When the pandemic began, I had the biggest problem in the world, not making money. The pandemic was actually quite a blessing for me as it almost made me a billionaire. I came really close. So the pandemic was a blessing. It was hiring people. And get this, everybody. I had 48 job positions open during the pandemic. $22 an hour with paid training. And I could not find a single person for two years to fit any of those 48 job positions. Hear me well. 48 job positions, $22 an hour, paid training, and I couldn't find 
someone, not one person, for those job positions. Now, is it because I hire slowly? True. But it's because I wasn't using ZipRecruiter. And that's a fact. I wasn't getting to the right people for the right position to fit my right culture. And there are so many different things that you can do this summer. As a matter of fact, you can free up as much time as you want to. But if you're not using ZipRecruiter, you're probably not going to free up that time if you're attempting to hire people. So what is ZipRecruiter? What is probably the greatest job finder that's out there? And that's why you need ZipRecruiter. You need it so you can find the right candidates. Now, it's not that ZipRecruiter helps you find jobs. It's more accurately that ZipRecruiter takes your culture, takes your job, takes what you're looking for, and immediately matches them with the perfect candidate. And if the if it's if they can't find a perfect candidate, they will skip over that person and then give you the perfect candidate for you. ZipRecruiter uses one of its most powerful tools, which is the technology itself, to match the right candidates up with your job. You can easily review uh, their recommendations and easily review their recommended candidates and invite these candidates to apply for your top positions. Additionally, ZipRecruiter has a complete suite of tools that makes it easy for you to filter out, uh, review, and rate candidates. Four out of five employees uh, have been used by four out of five employers on ZipRecruiter. It is a blessing. And no wonder ZipRecruiter is rated number one hiring site in the world based on G2 satisfaction ratings as of this year, January 1st. My friends, soak up everything I said. It's not an ad. This is a personal testimony of how I found the right people to sit in the right seat on the right bus. Without ZipRecruiter, it wouldn't have been possible. So how do you take advantage of what I'm talking about? Well, you go to ZipRecruiter.com slash B2B. All spelled the regular way. That's Zip, Z-I-P, Recruiter, R E C R U I T E R zip recruiter dot com slash B to B. And I promise you, you will be grateful that you did so. Again, that's zip recruiter dot com slash B to B. It's also in the show notes.